Well, you've heard the story now. Hallelujah. But uh, since you're here, <laughs> and we got a few minutes, what, what do you think? <laughs> I, could, I could preach to you a little bit. <laughs> Would you turn to Romans, the fourth chapter, please? And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, hold your hand up real high. The ushers have extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you uh, use one of these. And we're looking in Romans 4th chapter. Romans 4.24, continuing, talking about what you just saw demonstrated. He said, for us also, talking about Abraham's faith was counted to him for righteousness. To us also it will be imputed. Righteousness will be imputed. If. Everybody say if. If. If We believe. On him that raised up Jesus our Lord. From the dead. Verse 25. Who was delivered. For our offenses. And was raised again. For our justification. It's important to remember that what Jesus did, he did for us. He didn't have offenses and sins and failures to pay for himself. He didn't, he didn't, there was no cause for him to be judged for failure or sin. So everything he endured in the the trial, in the mocking, the scourging, the crucifixion, All of that was for you. Come on, are you with me? He didn't need to do it for himself. He did it for you. If he paid the price for my sins, do I have to pay the price for my sins? Why? I mean, if, if I have to pay for them anyway, then what good did it do for him to pay for them? And the proof that the price has been paid and accepted. You know, it wasn't just an immediate resurrection. There were uh, three days and nights. Well, what was going on during those three days and nights? We're told. Jesus went to the heart of the earth. He, He took the place of the condemned, of the damned. He took the place that you and I, where we would have went and what we would have been experiencing had we not been saved. But at the end of that three days and nights, somebody tell me what happened. Come on, somebody. Did you, you saw this, right? What, you believe it? He was raised From the dead, and if you read Hebrews, you read Romans, you read Galatians and Ephesians, different ones of these, you'll see he was raised from the dead in justification of all sin. His being raised from the dead proves the complete price has been paid. Justice has been satisfied. Oh, come on, can you see this or not? Elsewise, it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be done. 
It still need to be going on, but it's not still going on. Jesus is not on the cross today. He's not in the heart of the earth. He's not in the tomb. How many know where he is? Does anybody know? Well, he has, he, he has ascended. He is set down at the right hand of majesty on high. And his spirit lives in you. Hallelujah. Everybody who's been born again. Now, notice that he, uh, he said, and let me read, read it again, that first verse we read in verse uh, 24. It said, righteousness will be imputed to us. You can say it like this. We will be counted right in God's eyes if, somebody say if, if. If what? If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered. Won't you say it, like, say it out, like, out loud like this. Say he was delivered. He was delivered. For my offenses. And he was raised again. For my justification. (laughs) That ought to make you happy. That ought to make you happy. I'm not going to hell. I'm not paying for my sins. How about you? Why? Jesus did. Jesus did it for me. He took my place. You t- redemption is the greatest trade ever made. Yes. What do you mean? Greatest trade you will ever make. Yes. Your sins for his righteousness. Yes. Hmm? Yes. Come on. Your condemnation for his justification. Somebody say, what a deal. <laughs> Go to Romans 10 and 8. But you'll see that he keeps talking about you must believe it. Even though Jesus has paid the price for everybody's sins. I mean all, almost 8 billion that are on the planet right now. Jesus has paid the price for every one of those human beings' sins and failures. Well, doesn't that mean then that they'll all be saved? No, it does not. Because you have to receive it. There's no grace gift that you enjoy except the ones you receive. I mean, we know that in the natural. No matter what kind of gift somebody might give you, you're not going to enjoy it unless you receive it. And even though the Lord has purchased salvation for all mankind and made it available and offered, he's not going to force us to receive it. And the way we receive it is by faith. You must believe. We talked about this Friday, didn't we? You must believe that you receive it. Well, this is how you're born again. This is how you receive salvation. He said, what says it in verse 8? The word is near you, even in your mouth. And in your heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach, verse 9, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, there are times you need to say something out loud. Not just think it. Words matter. The spoken, audible word has effect and power in this realm we live in. You understand Everything you're standing on 
was made, created with a spoken word. And so it shouldn't be hard to believe that if it was created with a spoken word, it could be changed, affected, altered by a spoken word. Not just any spoken word, but a word of faith, a word full of faith and power. If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, believe what? Believe what? That God has raised Jesus from the dead. Of all the things he could have said you have to believe to be saved, this is the one he focuses on. Because this is the culmination. This is the apex. This is the crown point of the gospel. Jesus raised from the dead. Oh, come on, y'all believe this. I've heard people who like to think they're smart talking about, well, you know, these things are metaphors, they say. You know, the virgin birth, everybody knows that's impossible, but it's a metaphor. The literal physical resurrection, did that really happen? Well, I'm talking about these people, smart people. Uh, They say, no, we know that's impossible. We know that's impossible. Well, how do you know it's impossible? You've been alive that long. How do you know what has and hasn't happened on the earth through all these generations? You don't know. You, You believe that if you say that's what you believe. Faith and believing is a choice. And you'll hear some people say, well, that's not, that's not really the main thing, you know. Um, it's if you, if you adhere to Jesus' teachings, that's the big thing. It's not, you know, we know these things are probably metaphors. You even hear people referring to the Genesis account as creation myths. These people are lost. They're, they are not okay. They're lost. They're without God. They don't know him. They're unsaved. It's sad. It's really sad. And, and if they don't get it straight in this life, they'll find out when they die. It'll be a rude awakening. But it's a choice here and now. No, friend, believing in the resurrection is not optional. You, you believe this or you're not saved. That's right. And if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, there is no gospel, there is no salvation, there is no redemption. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, you ought never go to another church or pray another prayer. It's not some side issue. It's everything. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, he's just a man He's not the son of God. And he can't be your redeemer. Can't pay the price. But I'm going to keep coming to church. I'm going to keep reading my Bible. I'm going to keep praying. Because. There is a risen Savior. He is alive. And set down at the right hand of majesty on high. Hallelujah. And I call him Lord. Hallelujah. And big brother. 
Is that right? Is he our elder brother? The Bible said we've been made joint heirs. Read this again, verse 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you don't know these verses, it'd be, it'd be good to, to, to get them inside you. You need to know this for yourself. And, and just knowing this alone, you could help somebody else get born again. Yes. Just this right here. Yes. You wouldn't have to know anything else. Yes. But this right here. If somebody comes to you and says, I, you know, I, I believe God is real. And I believe Jesus went to the cross. How do I receive him? Right here. You just say, this is what you got to do. <laughs> you, you must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And you must believe in your heart. And this is not theory. This is not wondering. You got to make a decision about it. If you, say, if you say, well, I don't know, I'm not sure, then you're lost. Well, you're not a very diplomatic preacher. You need to know the truth before you plunge off into eternity. It's either true or it's not. This is either reality or you ought not go to church if it's not real. This is true. There is life after death. There is heaven. There is hell. Jesus said he is the only way to the Father. If you believe the Bible, you should believe this. No, you got to make a decision. Faith is a choice. Do you believe that Jesus went to the cross, paid the price for the sins of mankind? Do you believe he really died? And they put his body in the tomb. Three days and three nights. You believe that or not? Your, your eternal future depends on what you believe about this. And here's the big one. Do you believe? Just like we heard, and we, it's, it's, it's multiple times in the gospel accounts, early in the morning, on the first day of the week, that's today. And so I thought this was the end of the week. Nope. Yesterday was the end of the week, the seventh day, the Sabbath day, when you're supposed to rest. I think most people have forgotten that. But today, is the first day of the week. And it's right on the first day of the week to honor the Lord. And honor what happened. The greatest thing that ever happened. On the very early, on the first day, it had to be early because the women got there early with the spices and he was already gone. Woo! Had to be real early. Early. What happened? What happened? His body had been laying in there, no life, for three days and nights. Something happened. Praise God. There was an earthquake. (laughs) That giant stone rolled away. That place filled up. How do you know? Because of Romans. The Romans says, uh, in the book of Romans, it says, he was raised by the glory of God. Of God, the glory of God, which is manifest throughout the, the, the Word of God as light, as cloud, as wind, as, as power, the glory of God filled that tomb. Oh, somebody say hallelujah! The glory of God filled that tomb, and His body was changed from mortal to immortal. And his spirit entered his body. 
Oh, somebody say glory to God. His spirit came back into his body and he stood up and took that thing off of his face and folded it and laid it down. They saw it. when they Remember that when they came back in? And he left there. And if you want to go see where Jesus is buried, you won't be able to. If you might think, well, that's where they thought he was. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But he's not there. His body's not there. You'll never find his body anywhere, buried anywhere, like other religions do. Because our master, our savior, is now, the scripture calls him, the firstborn from the dead. If you got a firstborn, what, what, what does that mean? It means you got a secondborn, thirdborn. 895th born come on is that right 10,562th born your number's in there somewhere is that right he's the first born of many many brethren and what happened to him you are in line for what happened with his spirit has already happened With your spirit. That's what the new birth is. What happened to his body. Has not yet happened. To your body. But soon will. Have you read about it? Have you read about it? In 1 Corinthians 15. Have you read about it? Hmm? I don't know. Go turn over there. Uh, you, You didn't convince me. 1 Corinthians 15. Do you have a minute? How many think if this is this important, we ought to take time to celebrate it correctly. Talk about it. Stir up. And you know, perhaps there are folks here that have never heard this before. And we want to make sure you know about this. And then you'll find out why we're all so excited. Why we get loud and shake and jump and dance. Holler hallelujah. And you'll... (laughs) You know, somebody might have seen you come in here. They might think you're one of us. You might as well get the benefits. <laughs> I assure you, you want to be one of them. One of them believers. First Corinthians 15, the entire chapter deals with the resurrection. And it's 58 verses. It's a big chapter, one of the biggest around in the New Testament. And the whole thing is resurrection. Resurrection. Look in in the beginning, 1 Corinthians 15 and 1. He said, Brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you've received, and wherein you stand, by which also you're saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. The key to being saved is believing. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. How many understand this is the gospel? 
He's he's describing to them the gospel he preached to them. How many think we ought to be preaching the same gospel Paul preached? The gospel hadn't changed. And then it goes on talking about he was seen of Peter. He was seen by the twelve. He was seen after that. Five hundred brethren saw him. Isn't that something? A lot of people saw him after he was buried and dead for three days. A lot of witnesses. That's what he wants to keep bringing up. We saw him. Somebody said, well, uh, you, did you just imagine that happened? No, I saw him. Talked to him. They ate with him. Not just them, but 500 other people did too. He was seen. After that, he was seen by James and all the apostles. Last of all, he was seen by me. <laughs> he said, I was, I was late to the party. <laughs> And I was kind of confused. Anybody know what he's talking about? Saul was trying to destroy the church. And then he met him and saw him on the road to Damascus. Oh, glory to God. And obviously he believed he'd been raised from the dead. And he called him Lord and confessed him Lord. He became part of these. Skip on down to verse 12. He said, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead. How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? So even back then, there were people that say, no, it didn't happen. No, that's impossible. That, that's the enemy's always trying to feed that. And if you listen, he'll try to confuse you. It's a choice what you believe. Keep going. If there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Keep going. If Christ is not risen, our preaching is vain. Your faith is vain. See what I was talking about earlier? I mean, if Christ hadn't raised from the dead, we ought not be here. I mean, there ought not be a Christian church on on the planet. It's all a waste of time. If this one thing isn't true, what? Risen from the dead. Keep going. Yeah, and we're found false witnesses of God because we testified of God that he raised him up of Christ. He raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. Keep reading. If the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. Now, I mean, understand this is not just all repetitive, redundant for no reason. This is so important that he keeps saying it and repeating it and emphasizing it. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are still in your sins. Verse 18. And they which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Everybody that died said they were believers. That's the end of them. You'll never hear or see anything of them anymore. If Christ hadn't raised from the dead. And if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men most miserable. But now is Christ, or Christ is risen from the dead. Oh, how many are so glad this is true. Christ has risen from the dead and he has become the first fruits. If there's first fruits <laughs> of them that slept. Keep on reading. For since by man came death, that's Adam and Eve. By man came also the resurrection of the dead, that's Jesus. And as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Oh, somebody say glory to God. 
But every man in his own order. Christ the first fruits. Afterward they that are Christ at his coming. He just called your name. Come on somebody say there I am right there. In verse 23. I found myself in the Bible. There I am right there. Right there. (laughs) Woo. When he comes. There's going to be something happen. When the trump sounds. It's going to be amazing. Have you read about it? Keep going. Then comes the end when he shall have delivered the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall put down all rule and all authority and power. I'm going to read the next couple of verses. He must reign till he's put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Death is not a friend. Death is an enemy. And Jesus has demonstrated complete power and victory over death. In that he has been raised from the dead. Romans says no more to die. Never again to die. Hallelujah. Can you take a little more? Skip down to verse 35. You see what I'm talking about this chapter? 58 verses of resurrection power. You might want to go home and read it this afternoon. Because I, if, I, if I try to preach off on every verse, you know we'd be here a long time. <laughs> verse 35. But some man will say, that's these smarties. <laughs> these educated guys. I'm not against education, but not all education is good education. Somebody said, I have a degree. In what? A lot of stuff that's taught is junk. You'd have been better off never hearing it. Not all teaching and books and learning and education is good. Some is good, some is bad. Some will say, how are the dead raised up? With what body do they come? Implying it's impossible. He said, fool. (laughs) That sounded like Mr. T, didn't it? <laughs> Anybody remember, remember Mr. T? A team fame, you know, A team. And as accurate because thou was added by the translators, you see. So he just said, Fool, fool, that which you sow is not quickened except it die. So some of the things that people think is so smart, you know, and anybody can ask a question with no answer. That's not necessarily a sign of intelligence that you asked a complex question and you still don't have the answer, dummy. (laughs) Unless you're giving us some answers, you're not helping anybody. Trying to act like you're so smart, asking a question you think nobody can answer. (laughs) The the Holy Spirit's response through Paul was, fool. (laughs) That which you sow is not quickened except it die. Keep going. That which you sow, you sow not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as it has pleased him and to every seed his own body. He said it's just like planting a seed. You plant a seed. Seed dies. But that's not the end. There comes out of it a different body, a new body. 
He said all flesh is not the same flesh. Now this contradicts evolution. This verse completely contradicts the theory, not proven scientifically, theory of evolution that all flesh evolved from a single cell organism and basically it was from the goo to the zoo to you. (laughs) That you were swimming and then you were sliding and then you were climbing and then you stood up and said, look at me. I'm a man. Not true. I said it's not true. I know it's taught for truth in our schools and that's a shame because it is a theory. Anybody know what a theory is? Theory means it's not proven. If somebody had an idea, maybe it's like this. If you believe the Bible, all flesh is not the same flesh. There's one kind of flesh of men. There's another kind of flesh of beasts. There's another kind of flesh of fishes. Another kind of flesh of birds. What does that mean? A fish will never turn into a bird. Are you all with me now? A beast, an animal, will never turn into a human being. They are different. They they were created different from the beginning. And they are not evolving into all the same thing. So the theory of evolution is a lie. It's not true. Verse 40. There are celestial bodies. Now here's something we haven't known much about. The flesh on earth is different between creatures, but there is celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, earthly and heavenly bodies. The glory of the celestial is one, the glory of the terrestrial is another. There's one glory of the sun, glory of the moon, the stars, one star differs in glory from another, verse 42, so is the resurrection of the dead. It's sown in corruption. Oh, friend, if we understood this, we could stand by the graveside of a believer, whether it's a beloved family member or close friend, we could stand by that casket that's about to be lowered down into the the ground or however how we're doing it, and we could realize they are not here. That's right. You hear sometimes even Christians talking about, I'm going to go out to the cemetery and visit mama. You shouldn't believe such a dumb thing. Mama's not there. Hadn't been there ever since she left her body. Daddy's not there. Their empty husk is there. But that's not the end of that shell. Are y'all with me, friends? It's sown in corruption. It's raised in incorruption. Oh, glory to God. We could stand by that, uh, that, that body in that casket and we say, well, we're sowing a seed today. Glory to God. Especially if you have confidence that that loved one or that friend was a Christian or a believer. You say, hey, we're celebrating with them. They're not here They're with the Lord to depart and go to be with Christ is far better 
than being here. They're enjoying what we're looking forward to. We're happy for them. Happy for them. Happy for them. And we're not going to sob and act crazy over this shell here that they're no longer in. Because it's not even the end of this. We sow it as a seed. We're planting it. And there's going to come a time when it's going to come out. According to the word. It's going to be raised in incorruption. Keep reading. Keep reading. Sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. Sounds like he's preaching to me. Huh? Hey, boy, sound like this. Sound, sound like he. It's sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body. And there is a spiritual body. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Skip down to verse 51 for time's sake. Verse 51, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Oh, somebody say, we shall be changed. I shall be changed. (laughs) Verse 52, in a moment. It's going to happen quick. Better hold on, it's going to happen quick. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. What's a twinkle of the eye? Show me a twinkle. Show me an eye twinkle. That quick, what happened? What happened? At the last trump. Because the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Somebody say, I will be changed. I will be, I will be changed. Whether you're alive and remain when he returns and the trumpet sounds or whether they buried your body long ago and you've been with the Lord all this time enjoying him, either way, you will be changed. It's going to happen quick. It's going to happen quick. It's not going to be a long drawn out process in a moment. Quick as you can blink your eyes. What's going to happen? This body. This body, you know, touch this body somewhere. This body is a permanent part of the body of Christ. Somebody says, oh, no, no, I mean, I don't want this whole thing anymore. I want it to go away and, and I'm getting a nobody. It'll be this body glorified. And I assure you, when the glory gets through with it, you will have no complaints. You'll be perfectly, completely happy with it. And we'd be happier if we appreciated it more down here. The Lord actually dealt with me about this some time back. He said, you don't realize, you all don't realize how valuable this is. I bought it. I paid for it. Not, not just your spirit, but your body too. Is it true? Did the scripture say, you've been bought with a price. You're not your own. So glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody say, this body has been bought and paid for. This body has an eternal future. This body shall be changed. It's going to be changed. 
Sometimes I say a molecular level, but that's not accurate enough. It's spirit. It'll become a spiritual body. That doesn't mean one you can't see and touch. It'll be like the Lord's body, the scripture says. And he said, touch me, handle me. Because the spirit doesn't have flesh and bone like you see me have. So it's, it's, you can touch it. It's, it's firm, flesh to flesh. But it is no longer subject to decay or aging or defect. Not my, not my idea. Keep reading. Keep reading. He said we'll be changed. This corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Have you read that we're coming into a time after this where there is no more curse, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more dying, no more death. Nothing will die. The grass won't die. The flowers won't die. Nothing will die in the world we're going into. We've never been in a place like that. It's going to be so wonderful. So wonderful. You'll never get up and look in the mirror and go, where'd that come from? Where'd that wrinkle? What's this? Never. Never. You will look amazing. I guess that could be part of our greeting. I'll see you and I say, you look amazing. You say, yeah, you look amazing too. We go, yeah, we all look amazing. We all look amazing. We all look amazing all the time. All the time. Even after all day. Even after a long day. People say, it's amazing. You still look amazing. And you go, I know you still look amazing. And we go, we all look amazing. And we feel amazing. Feel amazing. Look amazing because we are the sons of God. Which is amazing. Death is swallowed up in victory. If it's no longer can be corrupted. If it's no longer mortal is not subject to aging, decay, nor death. Now if you don't believe Jesus raised from the dead. And you don't receive him as Lord of your life. You can forget about all this. I know this is not, you know, politically correct. People don't like to talk. People like to imagine that, you know, uh, all of us are children of the same God. And even all these other religions are just people's different ways of trying to serve the same God. Lies. Lies. If you believe the Bible. You must believe that what Jesus said, that there's only one God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's only one way to this one God, through Jesus. That's what he said. So if you don't believe that, then you've got an issue with him, not me. And Jesus said, you must be born again. If you're going to see the kingdom of God, you see what we're talking about, you must be born again. And remember, Romans 10, 9 and 10. We read it. How do you get born again? How do you get saved? Everybody stand on your feet. Let's exercise it. Let's act on it. Oh, thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we cut to them? Thank you, Lord. Uh, we are going to cut to uh, Sarasota, and I'm going to ask my lovely wife and able minister to give the altar call right now. Praise God. Praise God. To give the altar call. Praise God to give the altar call. Praise God to give the